You're listening to The Bible Explorer, a podcast about the misunderstood, unusual, and little-known aspects of the Bible. My name is Matt Morton, and I'm your host. This is episode 13. Peter, do you love me? Thanks for joining me today. Uh, Before I dive into the topic for today, I just want to say I'm glad to be back. I know that it has been several weeks since I've recorded an episode. Uh, August and September are crazy busy for me and my family, as I'm sure they are for you as you start school, as your kids start school, and, and just dive into a new fall semester. So I've been off for a few weeks, but am really glad to be with you for a new episode today. And what I want to talk about today is John chapter 21. I want to talk about a cool story involving Jesus and Peter in John chapter 21. And I think it's an interesting story right at the very end of John's gospel. But I also think it is a story that is often misunderstood when it gets talked about. So let me set the stage a little bit for John chapter 21 and then dive into the particular piece of it that I want to talk about today. John 21 uh, occurs after the resurrection of Jesus, and it's after Jesus has already appeared a couple of times to the disciples um, to let them know that he's alive again. Well, what happens at the beginning of John chapter 21 The disciples are gathered together, and uh, Peter uh, all of a sudden says, you know what, I think I want to go fishing. They're near the Sea of Galilee, or it's called the Sea of Tiberias in this passage, and I don't know why Peter decides to go fishing all of a sudden in this moment. Uh, We do know that he was a fisherman before Jesus called him as a disciple, And it may be that Peter isn't really sure what to do with himself at this point in time and this point in his life after Jesus uh, died and then rose again. So he says, you know what, I'm just going to go back to my old job. So he decides to go fishing again. And you may remember the story. The disciples go out with him. Peter tends to be the ringleader of the disciples. They all follow wherever he goes. So they go out fishing with him. They can't catch anything. And, uh, So Jesus shows up and he says, hey, you guys aren't catching any fish, are you? They go, no. And he says, all right, I want you to to cast your net on the other side of the boat and you're going to find a catch. Now, if you remember, Jesus had done this once before when he was still um, before the crucifixion, when he was uh, alive before his resurrection. So they cast their net on the other side of the boat. They get tons of fish, more than they can haul in. And Peter realizes Oh, it's Jesus. So he jumps out of the boat. He swims to shore. He helps them, uh, or all the disciples actually pull in the fish. I don't know that Peter actually helps them. He is too distracted by the fact that Jesus is there. Jesus then says, hey, I want you guys to bring some of the fish and let's have breakfast. So Jesus now sits down. They build a fire. They cook the fish. They have breakfast. And then John chapter 21 uh, says that after breakfast... Jesus begins to talk to Peter. And I want to read this little section, and then we're going to talk about talk about it for a while today. So John chapter 21, I'm starting in verse 15. It says, So when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? 
He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Shepherd my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. And then Jesus goes on. He says, Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were younger, you used to gird yourself and walk wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will gird you and bring you where you do not wish to go. Now this he said, signifying by what kind of death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, Follow me. So you have this scene where Jesus pulls, uh, he doesn't even seem to actually pull Peter aside, but Jesus addresses Peter very specifically, and he does it three times. And three times he says, Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, I do. And Jesus says, tend my sheep. In fact, Jesus does it to the point where Peter's feelings are a little bit hurt. He seems to be thinking, Jesus, why didn't you believe me the first couple of times? I want to talk about this passage for a minute because there are a couple of details that are in this passage that get talked about a lot and uh, interpreted in a particular way that that I think we need to ask, is it correct? And here's what I want to talk about. Throughout John 21, 15 through 17, uh, Jesus uses two different words for love when he says, do you love me? And Peter uses a different word for love than Jesus uses when the conversation begins. So let me set the stage by saying this. In the New Testament, there are two primary words used for love. Now, remember, the New Testament is written in Greek. In the Greek language, there are more than just two words for love. And in fact, if you've ever read the book by C.S. Lewis called The Four Loves, he lays out four different Uh, Greek words. You have agape and phileo and storge and eros, uh, all different words for love that are used, especially in classical Greek. But in the New Testament, you only have two of those words that are used. The two words are agape, or agapao is the verb, and you have phileo, uh, or philos would be the noun form of that, phileo, the verb. So in the New Testament, Uh, The verb agapao, to love, is used 141 times. The noun agape is used 116 times. Phileo, the verb, is used 25 times in the New Testament. And then philos is used 29 times. Now, uh, that tells you agapao or agape is uh, used a whole lot more than phileo or philos. But, But what some people say is this, that that agape love, when we talk about agape love, that represents more often the love of God. It's the type of love that God has toward people or the type of love that people have when they are accurately representing God. So agape would be a sort of unconditional, enduring love that never changes. Agape love would be the kind of love that is is. Uh, moved by the will. In other words, agape love is is the sort of love that we choose to love um, somebody else or to love God, 
Whereas they say phileo is more like uh, love of affection, love of emotion. So it's sort of a, uh, the kind of love that you feel when you just like somebody, right? It may not be that sort of same enduring love as agape love. Now, the reason I set that up is because when we get into John chapter 21, both of those words are used just in these few verses. So let me let me read the passage, especially these three verses, um, using the uh, telling you which Greek word is actually being used here. So starting in John, John 21, 15, says that Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me? There he says, agapo, do, agape, do you agape me? more than these. In other words, Peter, do you love me more than the other disciples love me? Uh, And then it goes on, Peter said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I phileo you. I, I love you with this phileo type of love. Jesus said to him, tend my lambs. Jesus said to him again a second time, Simon, son of John, do you agape, agapao me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I phileo you. He said to him, shepherd my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you, now Jesus this time, he says, do you phileo me? In other words, he he switches to Peter's word for love. Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, "Do do you phileo me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I phileo you. Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. Okay, so you see this interchange where Jesus begins with agape, Peter responds with phileo, Jesus eventually switches to phileo, um, and Peter uses that word as well. And so I've heard this passage taught to say this, Jesus begins by asking Peter, Peter, do you have this kind of unconditional, um, deeply rooted love for me that reflects the love of God? And Peter responds by saying, well, I phileo you. I I have affection for you. I like you. Um, But he doesn't use the word for agape. Jesus asks it again. "Do Do you love me like that? Agape me. Peter says, well, I phileo you. And finally, Jesus uh, seems to capitulate and he goes, okay, do you phileo me? Do Do you like me? Do you like me in this sort of affectionate type of way? And Peter says, you know that I do. And Jesus says, tend my sheep. So typically it is taught that that Jesus is sort of willing to accept whatever level of love Peter can give. And Peter seems to be saying, this is the degree to which I love you, Jesus. Um, I, I have a phileo, philos type of love, a friendship love, but not necessarily this deep uh, godly love for you like you have for me. Now, that is one way of understanding the passage. Um, I am going to say here, I question whether that is an accurate understanding for a few reasons. First of all, just looking at the context of this passage itself um, and knowing what we know about Peter's character, it's really hard for me to envision a guy like Peter who was really willing to declare his love for Jesus pretty boldly, even when he didn't really follow through. Peter was at least passionate with what he said. It's hard for me to imagine a guy like that when Jesus says, hey, Peter, do you really love me? It's hard for me to imagine Peter deliberately saying, you know, I I like you. I I think you're great, but I'm not sure I really love you. It's almost hard for me to fathom that Peter would not respond 
in some way that indicated that he really loved Jesus. Now, it is important for us to remember, although it's written in Greek, Peter and Jesus are probably speaking originally in Aramaic. John writes it down in Greek for a Greek-speaking audience, but it is far from clear that uh, that John is indicating that Jesus and Peter were actually using different words for love. Um, it just seems out of character for Peter that he would shift and try to use a less uh, strong word for love than Jesus had used. Um, the other reason I question the interpretation that's often given here based on these two words is this, that um, agape and phileo in the New Testament, they're, they're not as distinct as many people say that they are. In other words, phileo, even though it's used a lot less, phileo is actually used for God's love. In fact, it's used for the way that God loves Jesus in John chapter 520. In other words, the love between the Father and Jesus the Son is described using phileo. And I don't think any of us want to claim that God just kind of likes Jesus or has a, a, an emotional affection for Jesus or is on friendly terms with Jesus, right? I, I think it's pretty clear that God has this deep, abiding, unconditional, immovable love for Jesus. Uh, phileo is also used for the way Jesus loves people in Revelation chapter 3. It's used for the way God the Father loves the disciples in John chapter 16. And then it is used for the way we love our families in Matthew chapter 10. On the other hand, agape is used very broadly in the New Testament. Pretty much any kind of relational love you can think of is described by agape. So our love for our neighbors, our love for our enemies, God's love for us, Jesus' love for us, our love for God. Agape is used so many times, and it is used for both this affectionate love as well as this deep and abiding love of God. So I'm not saying that there is no distinction in connotation between these two words, uh, but there's not the real hard type of distinction that people often try to draw out when they're interpreting John 21 here. So I don't really think that there's a lot of huge significance in these different words. And uh, I think what is more likely going on, which is often going on in the New Testament, is John is, is using different words throughout this passage for stylistic reasons. And, and I think there's some evidence for that in the passage in the fact that um, actually John uses two different words for sheep. He uses a word for lambs. He uses a word for sheep. Um, I don't think it's that he's saying anything different about the people he's describing as sheep. I think he just stylistically, just like we do in English sometimes, we might use words like run, jog, or sprint that have slightly different meanings. Um, we might use words like happy or joyful somewhat interchangeably just for stylistic reasons when we're writing. Um, John also here, he uses a couple of different words for tend or shepherd to take care of, uses a couple of different words for to know. So throughout this passage, he uses synonyms a lot. So I personally think it's reading a little too much into the passage to really draw a sharp distinction based on the fact that there are two different words for love being used here. Now, what I do want to talk about, though, is 
what is significant about this passage and some of the details in this passage. I think it is significant that Jesus says to Peter, hey, Jesus, or Peter, do you love me more than these, right? That's significant because remember, Peter had earlier on in his life before the crucifixion, Peter had said to Jesus, hey, listen, you say that we're all going to fall away, Jesus, but even if everybody else denies you, I will never fall away. In other words, Peter had made a claim that he loved Jesus more than the other 11 disciples. Um, Peter was very bold that way. He would declare his love. Um, And yet, under pressure, we all know that Peter denies Jesus three times. That denial, we see that recorded in all three of the, or excuse me, all four of the Gospels. Um, Peter denies Jesus three times. So I think it's significant here at this breakfast then that Peter, or Jesus addresses Peter, and he says, hey, Peter, do you love me more than all of these? And, you know, Peter has been humbled. He might be a little bit less um, inclined to very boldly declare that at this point, but he does say, yes, I I love you. Well, Jesus asks him three times, and I do think this is significant in light of the three times that Peter denied Jesus. I think there's a correlation there that Jesus gives Peter three opportunities to declare his love for him, whereas he had previously denied him three times. And then Jesus says, look, if you do love me, here's what I want you to do, Peter. I want you to tend my sheep. In other words, Peter, I want you to take care of my people. I want you to embrace the role of a shepherd who cares for the people who trust in me, who cares for the people of God and tend my sheep. What does that mean then to be a leader? Well, to be a leader means not only do you care for the sheep, Peter, but you are going to have to be willing to suffer and maybe even die for the sheep, just like Jesus did. And John had referred to Jesus as as what? As the good shepherd. And what does the good shepherd do? He lays down his life for the sheep. And Jesus goes on to tell Peter, he says, Peter, the day is going to come when you're going to die. And and John hints at this, you're going to die the same kind of death that Jesus died on a cross. Your arms will be stretched out. Um, And church history and tradition tell us that Peter did, in fact, die by crucifixion. Um, One writer, Jerome, says that Peter was crucified upside down. Others just say he was crucified. But it seems like Jesus is telling Peter here, hey, Peter, uh, now moving forward, I want you to look ahead and recognize that there's no more shrinking back. There's no more denying me in the face of pressure. If you want to be a shepherd of God's people, you're going to need to recognize that to take care of the sheep means you might even need to take care of them even to the point of death. And Peter would take on that mantle. And that's what's so beautiful is we'll see Peter willingly stand up boldly to declare uh, the name of Jesus Christ. And eventually, of course, he would die for the name of Jesus Christ. But but one of the passages that I love later on in the New Testament, 1 Peter chapter 5, Peter, probably remembering this conversation, he says to the elders of the church, he says, elders and overseers, I want you to shepherd the flock of God that is among you. And then he says, when the chief shepherd, that is Jesus, when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. 
So what Peter does is he he embraces this call from Jesus. He accepts the grace and forgiveness that Jesus offers him. And he moves forward and he says, not only am I going to be that shepherd now who will stand in front of the sheep and protect them from the attacks of the enemy and and feed them and raise them up to know Jesus. But then he says, I want to train other shepherds who will train other shepherds to serve Jesus and to tend the flock. So this is a beautiful passage about the love of God and about our love for Jesus. And uh, it's one of those passages that I think resonates with us because we all want ultimately to be those type of people like Peter who embrace the call to love Jesus and then eventually to shepherd and care for others who love Jesus. That's all I have for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I'll see you again soon.